Okay. I was... We know that this is not the episode, right? Yes. Yeah. We do know this <laughs> is Sorry, we're just warming up. Okay. We're just warming Debbie's up. Debbie's getting slowly more anxious yeah. to okay. do the intro okay. again. So, yeah. Okay. I think I have to do it, don't I? Don't, don't have to do anything. Yeah. Okay. Listen. <laughs> DJ could do it for all intents and purposes. A Starbucks intro. Either step it up. What or... is your Starbucks intro? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Mine is, hi, welcome in. Welcome, welcome in. in. Yeah, that's what we always say when somebody walks in the door okay. at work. That's a perfect cold open. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> By Starbucks. He's like, what's for- good? I'm like, big beat. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casting Light, podcast brought to you by Guiding Light. I'm Debbie, here with Daniel. Hello. And we've got DJ. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, well, my name is DJ Condi. I'm 36 years old. I am one year sober as of the fourth. Woo! I know. I'm so excited. I know. I got a coin. I was really excited about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got three, I actually. Rewards are important. <laughs> yes, they You are. got three? I got three. Like one For- year coins? Yeah. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I didn't mean how to did get, you three. get three. I got a couple from everybody who went out of their way to get me one. I was like, oh. That's so sweet. So, okay, for anybody who is not, like, who's listening, who might not be familiar with, like, the coin thing, walk us through the coin thing. Tell us about what the coins are, how you get them, what they're for. I mean, I know it's in pop culture, but. Well, you get one coin, You your first 24 hours, you get one coin, and one month after each month of sobriety, you get another one until your first year. Okay. And this was my last one until every year after that. Until the two-year? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty cool. And I know I've heard that you can get personalized ones, too. I got personalized one, yeah. Did you really? I did. You got I three personalized one-year one coins? Two personalized ones. DJ. I didn't ask for them. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, he's more love than I am. <laughs> I well, that's part of the community building. Yes, I think we've talked about the whole the aspect of building community. We talked a lot about that. I know you and I have talked about that a lot, mm-hmm. DJ. So it's very important to me. Yeah. So talk a little bit about building community. I think once I got sober, I thought like it was let go of everything, let go mm-hmm. of everything, your entire past, your friends. Like you have to change everything. And you do, but you don't do it alone. I've took in this brother brotherhood and this community like with such heart. Like people are rooting for you. Root for them. I love that. Mm. Community is such a big part of I mean, we've talked a lot about community on the podcast, but um also just like how do you build community mm. in sobriety? For me, I just built it anyway. I built any relationship. I just like you, you know, find things you you have in common with these people and things that you remember having in common before this one big thing that you have in common. Yeah. Did you yeah. think there was like no way community was going to happen for you though when you I, came here? I expressed very much my hesitation with this brotherhood thing yeah me too because like i was like 
the fact that this is this is summer camp in a way like i'm never gonna see a lot of you again like like i first i, I know what you mean I'm yeah just with you. first first person i met on my journey and i shook hands with was daniel i forgot and, about that yeah first one <laughs> yeah first one i did at yeah. turning point and i was like he was cool i'm out like that was it <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I forgot about mm -hmm. that. I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, I'll wave to him at Meyer and he'll recognize me, but maybe not. It's it's fascinating, too, of you never really realize how much of it, and it is, you, you can either kind of step into that community or you can kind of be on the fringes. And it's just amazing that if you step into it, you can realize how far spread that community really is. For the same thing, if I saw you, I, the first time I met you was at a, go on, yeah. No, but day one. So you yeah. like seeing that growth from that day and like my scare to this day has to be an incredible thing for you also. Just being like, wow, look at that. That is some ego on you right there. <laughs> no, for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it has been. It's, it's one of those things of we interact with so many people yeah. and very rarely do we get an opportunity to actually see it play out. Because yeah. to be completely honest, uh, the odds are not no. stacked in our favor. What is that? Yeah. Anyways, uh -huh. um, the odds aren't stacked in our favor most of the time. So we see a lot of people, especially within the recovery community, come and go, come and go. Some people pass away. Mm -hmm. Some people move on. And it's sometimes you just kind of have people come into your life. I get it. Why you would think that this is yeah. this is a summer camp. I'm never going to see you again because that's kind of that's a majority of people in recovery. Yeah. yeah. And, and I took it really personally when people would leave the first mm. while. And I didn't, I was like, you know, we're going to cross this finish line together. And like, they just simply weren't ready. But in the beginning, I took it personally. And now I'm just kind of like, they're on a different journey. I'm working on my journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important too. like recognizing, you know, as you were saying, the odds aren't always stacked in your favor. And one thing I know you and I have talked about as coaches is sometimes you just have to let people have their own journey. You know, yeah. and it's not always easy to do. No, like it's not always easy to be like, I have to kind of let you go on and do your yeah. thing. It no, it's really hard. Feel good. No, and it's I know really we've hard. We talked about that. Yeah, too, a lot. Because yeah, I take it like super like what? Like this was <laughs> come on, like we're brotherhood. You gotta, you know. Well, there's a lot of love too. Absolutely. Like you are a very loving person. Yeah. And you yeah. take everybody in. You're like a little mama chicken. Like I do. I'm very nurturing. Little, I'm very like, sensitive. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, and for you learning how to do that, but also like letting people have their own journey. Mm. That's been a big part of your journey too. Absolutely. Um, I. A lot has changed. I wouldn't say dis detached from when, you know, people go back out. But I do. I take it differently than I did in the beginning. Yeah. Can you, <clears throat> just out of curiosity, because it is one of those things of, I think we experienced that a lot. Can you speak to that of the difference of what it was like to, to kind of early in recovery, seeing these people come and go and kind of growing in, in your own confidence, in your own recovery, where it sounds like now there's a little difference between at the beginning. I, for me, like I really wanted the the brotherhood and the community to be true so i thought we were all going to do this together and then you know uh, people just like in any other situation people grow apart get reconnected and you know th they come back if they're supposed to so when people would 
uh, fall off, mm-hmm. I would, I would just kind of, you take it really personally and then, you know, I feel what I needed to feel. It was like a, the, the sessions or the steps of grief, like mm-hmm. you accept it, you grieve it, and then you, you push past it because like, that's not what I came here to do. You know, I came here to, for me, which is hard because I don't ever do anything for me. It's always have, has an underlining of selflessness. Mm-hmm. So that selflessness can be really toxic for yourself sometimes. Absolutely. For a lot of people. Um, like something I've really, t- I, I've, I wouldn't describe myself as somebody who's ever been selflessness to the point that it's hindered me, but allowing my, but I've always like being raised Catholic. I have a huge instinctual aversion to selfishness. So the concept of the concept of having to be selfish in your recovery is something I've really had to learn since since I've gotten sober. That is a I I've always never under it's that's such a weird thing. I've heard that a lot especially yeah. in recovery like be like this is your recovery be selfish about your recovery. And on the same thing for a lot of the time when I was out running around like I used my selflessness as a way to be selfish. Mm. Like me too. Oh, oh yeah. I will I'll break my back for you and then I can wreck my life. <laughs> like nope, and, yeah. and those equal, right? Like we're good. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. we're good now. Like I know I stole a hundred bucks from you, but like I changed your oil two years ago. Like Yeah. Right? We're good. Yeah. That karmic ledger. Oh, it, every <laughs> every everything was a everything was a scale. Yeah. Everything was transactional. Yes. Yeah. I mean it, my first attempt at recovery was totally for, you know, the people around me that told me I had to do it. And I was just like, okay, I'll do it if, you know, it gets you off my back. The second time around, I did it for me. You know, I blew up the phones. I was like, I'm getting in there. I need to get in there. So you really wanted to be here? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) That's such a telling response from you guys. They they told me be here here at 11. I was like, I'll be there at 10. That's cool. It is. (laughs) I I guess I I always find it interesting because I've never thought of it. I never thought about that very, very in depth. Like when people will always say that whole idea of like, oh, I was doing it for everybody else. Like when I think, how insane is that? I've just like, like there's, there's 95, 99% of the people in my life being like, Daniel, you have a problem. And I'm sitting there like, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 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 no, no, you guys just don't, you guys just don't understand. But that like, I've never really thought of it that way. No. Well, when I first, I ever, I didn't have the problem. Everyone else my mom, my dad, my yeah. sister, my brother, they all had the problem. They just did what I needed them to do. I yeah. wouldn't have to if they just do what responded I did. to me correctly. Yeah. So they finally Yeah, fine. They finally like, well, we'll step away and yeah. maybe that's all you need. You're telling me that's what you need is for us to, you know, get get off your back. And they did that and then I was still miserable. <laughs> so that wasn't working. It was about me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Again, I just I <laughs> I always had that thought of like, man, if I just had a job that I could afford more dope, like if they just yeah. paid me more, if, if she just like did this, if they just did that, it was like the, the delusion is so, so strong. And I find it, it's, it's, it's humorous and sad now of like, I can see mm-hmm. that and of that delusion in other people. And especially amazing when you see people go back out and you're like, wow, you are just where they're like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand why I lost my job and my house and my wife and my kid. And like, and I'm back on probation. Like, I don't understand why they pulled me over. Like, dude, you're going the wrong way on the one way. Like, yeah. you're drunk. No. And that's how it was for me. It's like, I don't understand why they're doing that. And now I'm glad it, that I don't understand why they're doing it. <laughs> it's, 
you know, I don't know what their journey is, and I just will be here to welcome them when they need me. Do you understand why you were doing it? I don't. I'm just curious. <laughs> why I, I was. Why do we do the things that we do that got us here? I mean. Everybody <laughs> everyone their has, head for I a guess right. <laughs> Dang. That's a real deep question. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people, and honestly, to go a little bit deeper, I think a lot of people die trying to answer that question. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I took the easy way out to say, oh, my my drinking has was hereditary. Both my parents are alcoholics, so I was just naturally gonna be <laughs> like that's was the that's what was gonna happen. Like I, it yeah. was it was in my in in my destiny. You know? Do you think it was gonna happen? Did you think it was gonna happen before it happened? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I like that. I. <laughs> you like it? Well, no, because I, I I can relate to that because as a kid growing up, I wanted to get high. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I I smoked rose petals in my brother's yeah, bowl because I, I was I just like, like that. I smoked rolled up paper because I was just like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like is this I what wanted do? I mm-hmm. wanted to do that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like I had no idea what that was mm-hmm. or what it was gonna do for me, but I yeah. wanted that. Like, I remember coming home and my you know my parents are kind of can be uptight people, and then you know, you know they get loosened up a little bit, and they were very happy they were friendly they let loose and that looked like a, a potion a magic potion to me that hmm. i didn't understand it's interesting that. i i never had like the exposure that way like i never saw my parents drink a lot i was never exposed to a lot of drugs but for some i i remember my brother spoke a lot about i remember my brother was like you take a viking and daniel and i just stare at trees for hours mm. and i was like that sounds like so much fun and then the first time I took a Vicodin, I was pissed because I was like, that didn't do anything. Mm. That's the story. That's no, that, that's, that's a good, <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. Tell it again. <laughs> Tell me more. So my brother. <laughs> no, no, I was really competitive with my siblings. So like, just oh, that's... like, I'm a middle child and you know, mm-hmm. my, I have a much younger brother and a sister who just like really excelled in things. And I was just like, well, how do I get the attention I need? I went about it completely wrong. <laughs> I went about it completely wrong. <laughs> you know, like I got what I needed, but no, uh, just anything that my, you know, my sister could do, I had to be able to do better than her. So whatever she was, if she was drinking, I was going to out drink her. You know, oh. she was smoking. I was going to out smoke her. The, it's, it's fascinating though, because it worked. Yeah. It does work. Like that's, that's the whole, it's people always get, at least I've heard people get caught up in this situation of where it's like, yeah, like, well, it's, it's well, I don't want to do this behavior. It's never served me. Like it served you. That's why you do it. Well, like, yeah. Or you, or you would have stopped the first time. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're the kid that puts their hand on the stove yep. and you don't get what you want, you, you stop, mm-hmm. like you don't do it again. But if you get something out of it, like attention, yeah, it worked. You're oh, yeah, you, it there's again. a lot of people, you know, they have their first white claw and they're like, no, that's not for me. I don't like yeah. doing that. <laughs> I've never understood alcoholic seltzers, but that's just me. They, they came out after I stopped drinking. So. <laughs> that's for a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was uh, drinking those before it was cool. White yeah. claws? They were they've been out for your that white long. White claws? Mm-hmm. Your white claw well, and your they PB were kind and J. Of underground for a long time, I feel like. Like they was been out for a long time. They... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, you set that up so I well. I really did. I didn't mean to. I definitely did not. I mean loved to. basements. I'm dark. Sure. I 
wet basement. Oh, I love, I, there, you, have, you have no many times, you have no idea how many times I have called rehabs high and crying in basements more than twice. Mm-hmm. Less than five? Yeah. Oh. But more than twice. Sure. At, give me another number. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. No, I mean, I think that th- th- it's important to note the it worked thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we've talked about this before. Like, if it works, you're going to keep doing it. And it does work. It works that's until it doesn't. It does what I yeah. wanted, numb yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about it. So how did it stop working? Did it? Yeah, my life fell, fell apart. Mm-hmm. You know, it became such a, like plague on me and like what i was associated with like that's what i was associated with like they were like that's dj he's a drunk and a good tipper (laughs) you know and like i mean i did the whole california thing and i thought i'd go out there and it's gonna i could start over and that didn't work it just got more expensive (laughs) that's all that that did (laughs) was there as i was thinking about the the whole like all right it worked and all this other stuff if and this is kind of hindsight and it might not even be relevant but is there a time that you could look back and you're like there was a moment where you're like this works like if if we were to take the whole idea of when did it stop working reverse that when did it start working like when when did you what was there a moment where you're like wow like a light bulb went off maybe not that i have a problem drinking but like huh this solves problems yeah i mean i would guess like like high school like I said my mom was very much that cool parent, like, if you're going to drink, drink in the house. Right. And then I, you know, come with whatever adolescent problem I had that day and was just kind of like, here. And it worked, you know. And from then on, I was carrying it in my water bottle. I was going to school with it. And I never stopped. The only time I was not drinking, it was because I was so sick from the night before drinking. Otherwise, I was right back at it for 20 years. Wow. That's why I like having DJ on because... It's good to have another alcoholic in the in the building here. <laughs> Sorry, no one likes yep. the junkies in the room, huh? Another no. good old fashioned. Because I remember when I interviewed <laughs> you um, and talking about like, because I can really relate to your story about how like the thing the thing I miss the most about drinking is being alone by myself hmm. with just nothing else to worry about except just getting completely just getting blackout. So I just don't have to feel anything. At least that's that was whatever you're thinking about. You don't remember it the next yeah. day. You don't. You know we don't. And that's all I look forward to. I miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss. You know, working towards that moment when I don't have to worry about anything and I can just lock myself in my room and I can just start drinking. You know, that's what was sad for me when that became my good night. Like I was like, okay, I know, right on the way home, yeah. I'm going to pick up my bottle, a DiGiorno and a two liter of Sunny D or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, and I'm going to lock myself in my room. And that's called, that was a, su- a successful weekend for me. That was my successful day off. Did you feel sad that I was, was doing it? Yeah. Cause I didn't, I, I mean, I felt like I, man, I okay this a little did. too much, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like. I justified it with everything I did. I justified it too. I was I was doing the I'm in my mid twenties getting my life back together um, identity thing. Yep. So I was going back to college and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing stuff, you know. So yeah. it's okay for me to just. I bought play stamps video games. today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gone. I was just so like alcohol was not my drug of choice. It's mm-hmm. always, and. I've always kind of been 
curious of where that kind of comes from. Like I opiates, I, I found my home with opiates. Like I, mm -hmm. I knew that was, that was my ticket. Uh, but I've always been curious of like, I could talk to an alcoholic and they'll be like, yeah, I would drink a pint before I went to work. And I'd be like, that's insane. That's a lot. And then they, <laughs> but then, then it'd be like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do a speedball before I go into Burger King. Yeah. And be like, how do you do that? And it's just interesting of how we all find our, our, our little niches of self-destruction. And mm -hmm. like, that is home. Like yeah. I, even though it's a different substance, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. when you say lock yourself into a room yep. and it's the world didn't exist. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, it wasn't lock yourself in your room. It was like, okay, we're going out. And I like to go out. That was my home. I like to go out. I like to party. I like to dance. I like to drink. I like to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then it started turning as I got mm -hmm. older into this self-destructive, like locking myself away, hiding it. Mm -hmm. like you're hiding it or you're mm -hmm. like yeah. I would go to work and then like be like I have to go get cigarettes next door and then run in there and get like three bottles and like stuffing them in my pocket so I can you know drink them in the bathroom and that's when it's like okay well you can't even handle you know a day without yeah. it you can't do anything without it I mean I was a person that was everything was better if we drank it was like oh let's go see a movie yeah let's get drunk and go see a movie <laughs> Yeah. You know, you everything, you know, like any, it didn't matter what it was. Like it would be yeah. like, it would be fun. It would be bad because I try to like play it off. You think you're doing it really well and you'd be like going to your niece's ballet recital. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit over here. It's like you reek of alcohol. We know yeah. why you're sitting over there, but you think you're doing a good job because you made it to the recital. Yeah. You know? Well, it's interesting that you bring up like all of us finding our home because I've, I've talked about having an eating disorder and for me, it was the hunger pain. That was my like being alone in my room and feeling the pain of being hungry. Like that was my like. That was comfort. good. Yeah. It, it was. It, it, mm -hmm. that, 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 that was, was my home. Like feeling you felt that it was working yeah. or whatever. That yeah. was my equivalent in my own life. And like I had all kinds of tactics to like hide how much I wasn't eating. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of that ritual in there too. Like we all find what works even yeah. if it doesn't. It's. When, when you're talking about the, the drinking, like every single day, realizing that you can't, of how much your life gets boiled down to moments mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah. it, I, I, I never saw it as like a, oh, two years in the past, two years in the future. It was just like, I just have to survive today. Like this, yeah. like it was so task oriented of just mm -hmm. like, it's just, if I get this, if I get this, things will work yeah. out and it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and smaller. And I don't think I like, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I genuinely never, like, I don't think about that stuff on a daily basis. No. Yeah. You don't like, like no, it's for real. Cause you buy, you buy, you buy like the half gallon, you look at it and you're like, okay, half for today, half for tomorrow. And then you, you're, yeah, you're ready right. there and you're all like, well, I'll think about how I'm going to get the other one tomorrow. Cause I'm finishing it. This one now. Yeah. That's where you go because nothing else matters. Nothing. That's where your periphery is fogged. You know, like that's where you're going. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, that you bring up like that narrower and narrower task mm -hmm. orientation, too, because I think that's one thing that we've talked a lot about in recovery, like getting into those really tiny, like if you're comfortable sharing your little um, moment that you do every morning before work. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. She really appreciates it because <laughs> I, I have like my ritual at work because there's a big fountain in the middle of the hotel where I throw a coin in every morning. 
And it's not my wishing well, it's my gratitude well. And I have to do it. Work knows if I have not done it. They're like, <laughs> have you thrown your coin in there? <laughs> so that's like my little thing I do every morning. That's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. The, and it's funny because Tannic comes up to me and he's all like, we don't like when y'all do that. I was like, it's a wishy well. What are you supposed to do with yeah. it? Yeah. Maintenance at the hotel doesn't mm-hmm. like cleaning out the coins, but like, listen, it's like it's you don't beautiful. like doing it, I, you know, but you're gonna, people do it. You it's want like, me I, to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like cleaning well, the like, coffee machine. I know I have to, though. Exactly. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, you brought up Daniel moments. And I think using that same concept is something that I talk about a lot in working with some of the guys in the program is being able to create those same moments that provide a similar kind of comfort or joy or whatever it is, you know, like being able to create those moments in your day and figure out how you want to bring that forward in a positive way. And we've talked a lot about that ritual with you, DJ, like how to, how to pick out what the thing was that you were going to do. And you kind of stumbled into the coin tossing. Yeah. It was completely like, I think this is a good thing to do. And the routine is good for me because it does throw me like, okay, this is what I do. And this is what I do next. And by the time that day is done and you know, for me, I was just that person who was just like, I don't like routine. I'm so spontaneous. And it's just like, yeah, you used to lock your room and lock yourself in your room every night. You're not that. No routine at all. Yeah. This is the same thing there. Just like, this is much more positive for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the touching base on the whole, the concept of routine. I, I, I did not understand how much that meant. I, I think a lot of guys a lot of people in general don't understand how much it's huge. Yeah. And how not rigid and like to your point about spontaneity and, you know, still having some of that excitement, your routine does not like, this is something I have to debunk all the time. I'm like, we're going to create a routine or a ritual. And they're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be like, Every second of, of the your day. day is rigid. Yeah, and, that, that, in that moment, yeah. I, that's what I do first thing in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's that thing, and it's just in that moment, there's yeah. that routine. But it doesn't have to be all-encompassing. I just I love the whole, the whole concept of like, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this thing, and somebody just having a hard line of like, no. Like, <laughs> as, as a coach and as somebody recovery, like, that is, oh, that's just like, that's such a great place to dig into. Yeah. Like, like, when people yeah. have hard lines, it's like, that's really interesting, isn't yeah. it? Like. Yeah. Why do you? Why Have do you, you ever care? told your coach no? No, I'm such a yes man. I thought that was gonna come back and bite me too. The saying yes to everything. Yeah, I was all like, this is like a learning lesson. He wants me to say no. Does he want me to say no? It's, and also to that point too of it sounds like that's been you for your whole life though. Yeah. yeah. And this whole thing of like, as people going through addiction, alcoholics, doesn't matter who you are, what situation, an eating disorder, like domestic, whatever it is, like. We learn things in our lives that we have as like they're transferable skills. Yep. And like it's just we again got stuck in this area where like we're using these things in this way. But like we have the tools. That's the whole thing with like I don't like I just need to learn more to get sober. Like, no, you need oh, to do God. <laughs> No, yeah. You need to do things. Like yeah. reading a book. Oh, How God. many self help yeah. books are you gonna read? <laughs> well, that was totally me. Like 
I've always ba- I just kept bashing my head against the wall of like I didn't learn enough, I didn't try mm. hard enough, I didn't have enough like a strong enough willpower, and that's why I couldn't get sober. It's the same thing. Yeah, it, you, you tell yourself it's organized drama yeah. for yourself. Oh, that's I what like, it is. I for love me. that. It, it was like always that. organized. Oh, like we're like that. my family yeah. knew. 100%. Like if like they were getting that three o'clock call from me, they knew what was coming. It was mm-hmm. like, and then we call. They had a group text for years. that being like, "Code Orange, do not answer that phone call. He's on it." Wow. Are you saying AM? Yeah. <laughs> three PM. I, did I say well, three PM? No, you, you no, didn't. You I was just. I just wanted clarification because yes, my, I didn't have a, a text message, but my mom knew. <laughs> yeah. So they would just be like, "Here he goes. He's 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 going to do it. He's he's on one today." What's what's it like mm-hmm. now? For me and like my family, like it's. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm invited to things. That's great. <laughs> you know, they, 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 I don't hear that. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah Please really don't ask like, to come. Just like, just like, and I think it's such a, a shock for them because they're like, it's so been for so many years, just take, take, mm. take, take that, you know, the little steps I am to try to give back is almost like for them is like strange. Like they're like, you know, their own recovery in their own way mm. with that. Yeah. You know. How was Christmas? My my past Christmas? No, this this first Christmas like with your family. I mean, I made it. <laughs> I made it. You know my grandmother was so excited because by every year the cousins get together mm. and they take the group picture but I'm already passed out in my mm. you know in the basement and you know basement. I made this picture like it's the first picture I'm in in years that you know my grandmother just loving it she's just like yes you're in the picture (laughs) all the family pictures you look at like there's just like where's dj just like (laughs) probably downstairs you know yeah he's out it's the the amount of lives that we touch and to go to the the same thing of like i wasn't hurting anybody but myself Mm -hmm. not now not everybody says that but it's you know once that isolation starts it's easy to be like well i'm just hurting myself and like they're the used idea. to it at this point. I know. How yeah. sad is that? Like, yeah. yeah. But to have the, just that there's a different way to live is is incredible. And the it fact is. that you got to bless your family and just in, was it? I forgot what I was talking about, about being present. Mm. How amazing it is to be present. Mm-hmm. Like, and how much of a gift that is that we guess we either take for granted or, or don't, we just take for granted. No, well, my sobriety is a gift. In the beginning, I was like, "Oh, no drinking. That's a pun- <laughs> that's my punishment. Aww. Like, I can't drink. That's, that's interesting. Yeah." And now I'm like, "No, that's a gift. I'm 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 there. I'm present. Like, I I make it everything. I'm I'm true to my word. You know. And, and it's a it's a crazy thing for me. I'm learning a lot about myself that I never really thought for myself. Like, I never like drinking and drugging was the first thing on my mind so i didn't have a moral compass i didn't have mm. anything i didn't have uh oh i believe in this i don't agree with this i don't i don't care about that i do care about this i i don't care who votes or who doesn't vote or what who they voted for i didn't care and now i i'm figuring out what i believe in what my 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 faith is if mm-hmm. i have it it's a work in progress mm-hmm. it's a work in progress some yeah. days are better than the others mm-hmm. today's a good day <laughs> Is, and just so Debbie, from a person, so DJ in recovery, I'm in recovery, Doug's in recovery, you're in recovery from maybe not substances, yeah. but I think recovery. everyone's kind of in recovery. We're in all in recovery in yeah. some yeah. way. Like <laughs> some of the more underlying themes that 
DJs touched on and like we've kind of do do those transfer to your life in any way? I mean, I think for sure, like being able to be present and not constantly like so because my um, struggles, I guess you would call them, were more about like hiding the absence of something. So mm. like, you know, I nobody could notice how much I wasn't eating or how much yeah. I was throwing away. Like there were all these things. So there was always this kind of you guys can probably relate. There's a constant like back of your brain working on all of the things that you have to make sure nobody notices where all of the, you know, like all the things. And I also struggle a lot with, have struggled with a lot with like trauma responses. And so there's a lot of like worrying how somebody else is going to take that thing that I do out of fear or self-preservation, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that translates. Like I do, I do talk to a lot of the guys that I work with about some of those trauma responses and working with other people to understand. And I think we've talked a lot about what happens in the program and I'm constantly learning all the time, like more things about my own responses to people through you Mm -hmm. guys and through working with all of you. Like you're, everybody's always enlightening me to things about myself. I didn't know were a thing. Um, Hopefully I do the same for other people. No. Yeah. Like, you know, just learning in your, don't laugh at me. No, it's, it's, it's so true though of how that's what isolation takes from you is that again, that's one of those things I would have never thought about. Like how much of what social creatures we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how, yeah. I, I We're can't. pack animals. Yeah. yeah. That just makes it sound kind of bad, but. No, just, we are pack I'm animals. just a pack animal. Yeah. Like lion prides. So much of so much of my identity has always been wrapped up in I hate everybody. I'm this yeah. I'm this individual. Mm-hmm. I'm the lone wolf, you know, like um I didn't so getting sober, I realized that community like I I know the scientific studies that mm-hmm. show that if you don't have meaningful human relationships that you're going to die sooner. It's really unhealthy for you. I could see that. And I saw the writing on the wall, but I just kind of took it as a given that I'm just not going to have that. You know what I mean? And so especially getting here, seeing that a lot of people who stay sober and have a life that I want are people who have meaningful connections and relationships with other people. I mean, that kept me sick for a really long time too, because I'm like, well, we can write that off. Cause there's no way I'm going to ever get along with somebody. You know what I mean? And, um, I'm still kind of a, a loner today or whatever, but like I do, but I think about it. I am not isolated like at all, even, and I w- <laughs> would like to be more honestly. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I miss feeling special. I don't know if That's you guys can idea. relate. Like I miss feeling, cause I remember feeling like I was so special. No one could understand me. You, do you still feel special DJ? There okay. you I figured yeah. <laughs> I knew that's what was coming, but I, I feel like I used to, I used to feel like I was so special. Nobody could get me. Mm-hmm. Like there was always mm-hmm. this like disconnect because I was so special and nobody else could understand. And I, I don't necessarily feel that anymore, especially because I, I'm, so much more open and I talk to so many more people mm. openly. So I know now that I'm not that special anymore. Maybe not in that way, but there are other ways I'm special, but you know, like, I don't know. Do you, do you think part of that's just maturing? Cause I, 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 I think as I know you kids in your twenties, don't 
<laughs> Only for another couple months. I know. But but that that process of of realizing like as as a younger person, it was just like I am like everything. Like I am the like whether or not I'm the, the epitome Burger of the world, King? but like I'm the Burger King. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah. But like I I am this thing and like yeah. and that that sense of identity and uniqueness and that desire to be like such an outstanding person, whether that be like in a good way or just one that that lives on the fringes. And then as you you know, you grow up and you realize like everyone's everyone's kind of falling through life the same and everyone kind of has that. So I feel oh, like I don't think so. And I, I'll tell you why I think that. Because I've also talked to a lot of people that are older than me. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get to a place where they're openly talking about these things, they never find out that they're not special. It's, it's um, mm. oh, what's, what's the term for that? There's a term for when the feedback loop. Where if you don't, I don't know if it's feedback loop. I don't know if that's the right word. Somebody is screaming at their podcast right right. now because they know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is this concept, and I, forgive me, I can't remember what discipline it's from either, where if you don't challenge your perspective, it never gets challenged. Where you kind of, you keep feeding yourself the the same ideas and the same things, and you keep feeling that you're special because you never let anybody know you. Is that what's wrong with people? Oh, that's what's well, wrong I with think me. There's a yeah. lot of things. No, that's definitely what's wrong with me. Like I never allowed anyone to shed light. Yeah. Um, and I my opinion was right. It was right all yeah. the time. Like, and that's why the community is so important to me. They shed yeah. light on things I won't even usually consider. And sometimes I'm still like, but at least I'll hear it out. And yeah. then I that's where, you know, I'm like give and take. It's a very it's a give and take game. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of fun. It it's is a lot fun. of fun to figure out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's I, and, and thank you for bringing that up too. Of, I think when, especially, so there's a few reasons people will say like, I'm grateful to be an alcoholic or like, you know, I'm grateful I to be in recovery. I did not get that at first. I, I, I didn't either, but it's because, because people, at least for me in for everyone in this room, I think I'm safe to say like, because we were put into a position that we were kind of like forced into this spot. Like you're kind of forced to look at something a little differently or or you die, you know, or you go on miserably. And I know the people, I know people out there that are like, no, 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 no. Like I'm right. Yeah. And their life is just the same repetition getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's like the same. Those are the people that don't come back. Thank God I have this huge problem that forced me to take a look (laughs) at myself because if, because I look at normal people and they're just miserable. You know, yeah, air quotes. Uh, you know, not every, <laughs> not everybody. I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that I'm very jealous of, oh, but, yes. um, but like, if I don't think I, I kind of cringe at the type of like boring life I might have if I didn't have my alcoholism, for real, because I, I know myself and I know the type of person I was before I started using, and I definitely don't want to be that. I don't, I don't understand how people have addictions later in life. Like I, I've, and the the same thing of like, people be like, you know, I just like was a functional, like for so long, like, like some, not all drinkers, some drinkers, like just the, the, the culture around it, it tends Mm -hmm. to be a little bit of a slower dive. There's not really casual IV heroin use. Like it kind of like, it kind of gets you pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like I never, like I'm living a life now that I never knew that I, I could, like, I did not know what it was like to pay my bill. I love, right. I love when I run out of my toothpaste 
Like when I can when I can use a toothpaste thing done, I'm like, whoo, adult and right. Yeah. Like, cause I never knew how to do that, and especially people that have like, problems later in life, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what was that like? That's, <laughs> that's why I, I'm very grateful that my problem was immediately apparent. Yeah. You know, because yeah. most alcoholics, it isn't. You're, you're right. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, and then I woke up someday and I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be talking smack. I'll talk <laughs> smack about people, no. but like, but you know, yeah, I don't understand how you can. My favorite, my favorite story from a meeting, uh, someone was like. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is breaking tradition or whatever. I don't, I don't think so. You keep it anonymous. It's fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. keeping pretty. I'm really, some dude was like, you know what? Yeah, some you know, dude. like I started, I started drinking a case and I woke up on a mountain two states away and that was the day. And I was like, that took you like <laughs> no crap, dude. Like yeah. there had to have been some spots in between. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, that's the day. I was like, what mountain am I on? Well, that's kind of the, the interesting and like kind of, so I sometimes struggle with this idea that people talk about it like it's it's a one, like it's that first drink kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, so people talk about it being this like one decision and then like you're just right back out. And I mean, and maybe it's because I, I deal so much more in habits and, and brains and, and, you know, I'm more clinical about it. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why I don't get that because there are so many decisions and choices and steps between where you are now at any point in sobriety to relapse. Like there's just so many steps there. And I think sometimes people do themselves a disservice by acting like it's one thing. Cause to your point, I mean, why did it take waking up on the mountain? Why, why wasn't it one state away? Why why the mountain? Two counties away. Like why, why did it take two states and a mountain before you realized like something is off here? I think that kind of goes back to that. Like you get so ingrained what my, my abnormal, like I understood that people lived in this world outside of my bubble. Like I, I understood that on the surface, but I was like, why as a foreign concept it really was like i was like i don't under like i could see it it was i i felt very like disassociated most of my life like i kind of always felt like i was just kind of like moving through space and things just kind of happened to me Mm -hmm. and then like and i was really okay with just being like this will end (laughs) like i would go in jail like at some point i won't be in jail like i'm dope sick at some point i won't be dope sick like you know and it just kind of that's a terrible i had no agency in my life yeah Mm. No, yeah. Well, I think what you just said is very important. The agency part is so yeah. important. And it's, I mean, it's something that we talk about here a lot, like in, in the community and in the program and with, with all of the guys I work with, we talk a lot about ownership and agency mm. and this being your life. You're smiling at me, DJ. Yeah, because you know how <laughs> I use the word purpose a lot. <laughs> you do. And I, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like for you, working on finding your purpose has been such an, an ownership and an agency producing thing Mm -hmm. in your life because this, and sometimes like we've talked about it being frustrating that you haven't nailed it down yet, but the pursuit of it has created so much agency for you. That's half the fun right there. It is fun. I was going to say like figuring it out and like figuring out the little things that a lot of people like figure out right away. I'm like, Oh, that's no fun. And the, and the fact that it's, it's, like right on point with agency ownership purpose you found that that was the thing that you can that you can 
you can, can like aim towards. Yeah. Whereas some people, it might be like, I just really want to find something that I can be stable with. Like, I just mm -hmm. want stability in my life. Like, how do I, how do I pursue that? Where for you, it was like purpose. I, I want to have this purpose in my life. How do I pursue that? And like through that pursuit, you were able to, to have agency and like at guiding light, like that's a big thing that we do. Absolutely. Like, when are you going to stop playing the victim and in recovery in general? Yeah, but, sure. But <laughs> I this guess. is the part of the podcast where we start talking about guiding light. They're and paying for it. Doug gets really, <laughs> he's well, like, oh, but it is here's true. the selling point. <laughs> it is true, though, of yeah. when are you going to stop playing the victim? When are you going to stop acting like life is happening to you? Yeah. And when are you going to be like, huh, I have a choice. Mm. I I have a response. I, the decision is up to me. This is my life. This isn't my parents' life. Yeah. This isn't my kid's life. This isn't my significant other's life. This isn't the court's life. Like, when am I going to step up to the plate? And I think that's where I struggled because I just, I never saw anybody do that. Yeah. I had no role models to be like, Daniel, this is how you live your life. For you. For me, no. Yeah, living for you. I, and I, I wanted to very specifically say living for you because we have talked about DJ being, like, you've talked about doing things for other people and that kind of selflessness. And I think... Mm -hmm living your life for you is such a distinct shift from that you know like it's such a distinct shift away from just well this is what they want for me or this is what people expect of me mm. this is how i'm expected to show up and it's really saying like you know what i'm gonna figure out my own self and i'm gonna figure some stuff out for me and start living for me and that's been beautiful to watch hmm. well that's that's a good place to tie a bow on this. I know. Yeah. We always I, get there. I, I like the tie the bow. It's really, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's so really catchy. Yeah. It, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, thanks for listening. Thanks for being Thank with you. us again. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for being thanks here, DJ. Thank thanks DJ. Um, and thanks for sharing so openly too. Thank you. It's really nice. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to find out more about what guiding light does, find out how to get involved, how to, Donate, learn more about DJ story. I know you have some blog posts up mm -hmm. um, written by our very own Doug. So by a video. And a video, yeah. Mm. So if you want to see more about DJ story, um, go to guidinglightworks.org. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that right? <laughs> I, yep. I've said that really confidently and then I'm immediately worried I was wrong. What's the what's the notes? Show notes. Show notes. Yeah, show the notes. link will be in the It'll show notes. It'll all for sure. be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Yep, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>